0: And We are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We have a great show for you today as always. We are live every single day at noon eastern now. If you want to watch live head over to twitch.tv slash takes by fans. If you want to watch but not live. Head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and uh, clips of the shows on there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, folks, however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. So. Um, yeah, today is a big old Thursday. So today we guess and react to the week 17 lines, the final week of the regular season, folks. So uh, some of these lines could be a lot a big wonky because, you know, players aren't, you know, playing and, you know, best teams are resting and, you know, bad teams are not going to be playing so hard because they're bad anyway. So We'll see if we can, uh, you know, nail down all these wild lines I'm predicting. Um, yeah, and then uh, I, think, I think that's really it for today. That's kind of the main topic today, guessing and reacting to Week 17. And then tomorrow on Friday, we, uh, you know, give you our official picks. And then we are also going to do our playoff machine uh, for Week 17, the last time we can do it this year. So we'll also do that on Friday as well. Um, also, we have a little bit of a bonus. We got a bonus. I've been meaning to do this um, the entire week, and I kept forgetting to put it in the show, but Sean Payton is a genius, folks. He's a genius. The man is playing 3D chess. The man is ready for the Super Bowl right now, and we've got the proof for it, so we're going to do a little bit of in-depth film analysis today, even though it's not Wednesday. We're doing it today, too. Um, and we're going to be looking at Sean Payton, because it's brilliant, man. And I may be exposing him, and unfortunately, you know, on I am sorry in advance to Sean Payton, but when we get there, we'll get there. But first, let's jump into our stories today. Here we go. Cleveland Browns. Oh no, more positive COVID test. Two players tested positive for COVID in Cleveland today. Uh, one player positive today was a was from a player who has been in isolation, but was in close contact with someone outside the building, if you could follow that. And then the four wide receivers last week, they are active. So they're all good. They cleared their protocol. Um, Higgins... Landry, um, and I'm forgetting the other two, but so now the Browns have all the wide receivers, but now they've got other positive COVID tests to deal with, and they're kind of in a must-win situation, winning in, so, you know, we want to see this Cleveland team be 100% healthy. I don't want to see any team not be at 100% strength week 17 when literally their playoff lives depend on it, so we're hoping, you know, not... We're hoping that these aren't kind of major players for the Browns, and we hope that they can still play um, come uh, this Sunday. Already, speaking of COVID, Falcons, they're working virtually because one member of the team tested positive for COVID-19. I don't think we know who this is yet. It still hasn't come out, but uh, Falcons, they are also dealing with COVID. Luckily for the Falcons, uh, they've got no chance to make the playoffs, so this isn't going to affect them too much in the grand scheme of things. Alrighty, righty, and then the Chiefs, they're resting. Baby Patrick Holmes is a no-go this week. Chad Haney will be quarterbacking for the Chiefs. Let's see if he can get it done. Let's see if the Chiefs can go 15-1 and if Chad Haney and these backups for the Chiefs can lead him there. Alrighty, the Panthers—they're not expecting Mike Davis to play Sunday, and they also ruled out Christian McCaffrey. So let's start it here with Christian McCaffrey. Well done to Matt Rule—not pushing him. He understands the Panthers have no chance at the playoffs. They gain nothing by playing Christian McCaffrey, even if he could go this week. So I love what Matt Rule's doing—building for next year. He already established the winning culture, knowing what it takes to win in the NFL. He's got some wins under his belt. Teddy Bridgewater's been looking good this season. The entire Carolina Panthers team has been absolutely fantastic th- this season for a new head coach, a new quarterback and their best player not being not being available for the entire season basically. So, very very well done um, by Matt Rule not starting Christian McCaffrey this week. And, you know, now, now let's go to Mike Davis here. Um, he's been a great backup, I think. I um, You know, he hasn't had a great season, but he's a backup to Christian McCaffrey. And he was averaging, I think, about like 60 yards a game on the ground. He wasn't so good catching the ball out of the backfield, but he was still a nice power runner for this Panthers team. Unfortunately, he's not going to be going this week as well, so really not sure what the Panthers are going to be doing here. Whether they're going to really be trying to win, which I probably they will, because I still think you know Teddy Bridgewater is going to play, and his two receivers receivers are going to play as well. But uh, no running help for the Panthers this week. Alrighty, and here we go. The Steelers once again they are resting as well, and I'm not a big fan of it. So he here are the players that will be resting. Ben Roethlisberger, I think it's a little mistake. Now, you know, you can look at it both ways. He's a veteran. He's, what, like almost 40, if not 41. Um, so, yes, I get the rest. But, you know, that four-game slide, that four-game slid, you know, it's it, 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 I, 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 I really wish the Steelers' offense would really shore up before the playoffs. Now, they finally did it, you know, in the last half of the last game. But is that enough? Is that, you know, complete of what the offense does? Or should we have one more week for them to get ready? So, I don't really like Ben Roethlisberger being out, but he, he's going to be um, sitting resting this week. Center Marquise Pouncey is going to be resting this week. TJ Watt is going to be resting this week and Cam Hayward is going to be resting this week. So, two big pieces on offense, the quarterback in the center and then two big defensive presences I mean, two defensive linemen that are fantastic, or I should say defensive ends, TJ Watt and Cam Hayward. So, I'm not, you know, I, I do like that the defense is resting a little bit because, you know, they've been carrying the load all season and they've been getting kind of injured late down the stretch. So, yes, definitely get your defense short up, but got to get this offense short up too. Now, Mason Rudolph, hopefully all the wide receivers are still playing and Mason Rudolph can deliver some good passes to keep them in rhythm because, you know, the wide receivers are kind of another strike against this um, Steelers offense that really needs to keep the rhythm up because they played fantastic in the second half of that Colts game last week. But once again, you have to keep that momentum. Is one half going to kind of overcome the last four weeks? I'm not sure. So, We'll see how it works. Mike Tomlin, once again, obviously knows better than I. He is the head coach, but we'll see how it plays out when the Steelers uh, play week one in the playoffs for the wildcard round. Alrighty, and then what do we got here? The last story kind of, once again, reaffirming us, validating us again. We've been calling DK Metcalf and Tyreek Hill the top two receivers all season. And then, you know, probably two weeks ago, after that Eagles game for the Cardinals, we started to put DeAndre Hopkins in that top three category because the man absolutely single-handedly destroyed the Eagles defense himself. And look what we see here. Most receptions of 30-plus yards in the league, number one is DK Metcalf with 12, and number two is Tyreek Hill and DeAndre Hopkins with 11. So, you know, once again, kind of validating us, what we've been saying all season, D.K. Metcalf, Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins, three best wide receivers in the league, and now we have to start thinking about bringing in Devontae Adams, because this man's been on a tear the last, you know, two, three weeks. So, I think we have our new top four wide receivers, not how we order them. It's a little tricky. I think D.K. Metcalf is slowly starting to fall from that number one spot, and DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins falling from that probably number one number three spot a little bit so maybe reorder it Tyreek Hill one Devonte Adams two DK Metcalf three DeAndre Hopkins four um you know it's real tough to order those but those are the four top wide receivers all in the top five I believe so nice deep threat wide receivers go up high point the ball all these receivers do it here folks love to see it Alrighty, righty, now let's quickly cover the NBA, and folks, as I say, we are going to be ta- folk switching over to mainly NBA at the end of, really, the NFL season. We're too invested in the, NBA, in the NFL season right now. It's the first couple games of the NBA season. Let's all relax, and let's get, you know, first, you know, 10, 15 games under the NBA belt before we start talking seriously NBA. Um, so <clears throat> we'll quickly go through this right here. Celtics beating the Grizzlies. Celtics advancing 2-3-2 and two on the season. Really dominant win here. 19-point win. Very good. Jalen Brown, 42 points. Holy cow. They really needed somebody to step up since they really lost Gordon Hayward um, in the offseason. He wasn't, you know, anything special for the Celtics, but he was, you know, a reliable. I would say about 12 to 17 points a game. And, you know, he would always, you know, score 20 as well in some instances too. So, very solid point score. And we see uh, Jalen Brown just taking over and you know, making up for that lost contribution of an offensive player. So Jalen Brown, fantastic game, forty two points. Jalen uh Jason Tatum contributes sixteen. Daniel Tice. I'm not a big fan of him, but let's kind of keep track on him this season. 12 points, five rebounds in 19 minutes. All right. I am not a big fan. Let's see his um his kind of backup Robert Williams, six points in ten rebounds in twenty two minutes. All right. So we see the bench player having more minutes than the starter. I think that's right. I think I do like Robert. Robert Williams III a little bit better than Daniel Tice. And then Marcus Smart always being a big contribution here. 14 points, 4 9 from 3, kind of doing what he does. So um, this, this Celtics team isn't as deep as they were in the bubble. But, I mean, when you've got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, that's a fantastic duo. And they are leading themselves to some good wins here early in the season. Alrighty, Nets and Hawks and the Hawks get their first loss of the season, but they still put up hundred and forty-one points. So I think this Hawks team is legit. As I said, that's kind of take these first ten games with a grain of salt. But what we're seeing here with Atlanta is absolutely fantastic. Trey Young, his third year, I believe, in the in the league, and he's making a huge impact and they're getting wins. So I love what this Atlanta team is doing. And watch out for them um, come you know later in the season when it comes time to make that playoff push if they're not already in the playoff hunt already. And then we got got. Got the Nets, they ended up beating the Hawks here, and they put up 145 points, and Kevin Durant and Kyrie, clutch as they come. Kevin Durant hitting some big threes in the fourth quarter, and um, uh, Kyrie Irving hitting some nice clutch mid-range jumpers that really iced the game. Uh, So very well done. We all uh, know these talents of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. We know they're probably going to be the best duo in the East, and they're here doing it early. And look at this, Joe Harris putting up 23 points as well, definitely another shooter for these, you know, two great shooters already of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, uh, we see Kyrie Irving putting up 25 points. Now let's see how DeAndre Jordan is doing. He's kind of the third, I guess, in this big three of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Uh, five points and only one rebound. He played 15 minutes. Ooh, ooh. Jared Allen coming in off the bench, and uh, he's putting up 15 points in 13 rebounds. So we see Jared Allen having a little bit more success, the backup center, if you will, and um, you know DeAndre Jordan playing with the starters, doesn't really need to score a lot because he's got, you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Just needs to have the rebounds, but once again, he's not going to have too many, you know, offensive rebounds because it's Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. They're not missing. But, yeah, those defensive rebounds definitely need to get up one. One rebound, DeAndre Jordan, in 15 minutes? Let's start working on that a little bit. Alrighty, and then the Heat. Oh my goodness, they get revenge for their big old blowout by the Bucks. What was it, two gate, two days ago? They played back to back, and um, the Heat get the win here, 119-108. No big threes for the Bucks here. No record-setting three pace. No 50-point lead at halftime, and they, st- and the Heat still didn't have Jimmy Butler. So well done to them. They still got big scores out here, and this is you know, and this is kind of a big important point for the Bucks here. It was one big game that they had. They're not consistently that good at three-point shooting because I. They thought, oh my goodness, that's really all the Bucks need, a three-point shooter. They got Giannis down low. They got the size down low. They got Chris Middleton. But they need somebody to be reliable scoring the ball from three. And we didn't get it this game, the second game against the Heat. So definitely we have to keep that in mind with the Bucks. Let's once again keep eyes on Giannis's free throws. He's been awful this season so far through his first four games. And once again, he's shooting. Oh, no, that's threes. Okay, finally, 4-4 four, four from the free throw line. Okay, that we can definitely deal with that 100%. That's what we want to see, Giannis. Uh, but who wasn't hitting threes? I mean, they still took a lot of them. Um, what do we got here? Drew Holiday shot three of seven. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo shot three of seven. Giannis shot two of six. Chris Middleton, though, 0 of four. Not the best, not the most kind of reliable, not the most consistent. Chris Middleton. Um, All right, now let's look at the Heat real quick. With their, you know, barrage of three-point shooters that can really hit. Duncan Robinson, nine points. Didn't really do too much this game and still won it. Andre Iguodala, no points. No points. All right. Andre shooting three times, not hitting anything. Uh, Bam Adebayo stepping up big. 22 points, 10 assists, eight rebounds. Great stat line there. Um, Tyler Hero, 21 points, 15 rebounds. Woo, nice. Great stat line there. He did only shoot two of six from three. So not the greatest, but still getting there. Goran draw. Dragic, 26 points. He shot 4 of 7 from 3. Very well done. Kelly Olenek, 15 points. And he shot 3 of 7 from 3 as well. So they've got some shooters here. And this Heat team is still deep, folks. I mean, look at this bench. Even without Jimmy Butler. So a bench player had to go in to substitute for Jimmy Butler. And they're still deep on their bench. Goran Dragic coming off the bench. Kelly Olenek coming off the bench. Kendrick Nunn only played 9 minutes. He can still ball. And they still got Udonis Haslam. And Myers Leonard who have not played and don't play because, you know, they're that deep that they got some reserves and some, you know, older players acting like coaches and being true veterans and teaching this kind of young team of the Heat. So still watch out for this Heat. They got what, three wins now? They're three and two? No, two and two. So still at 500, looking good, carrying over from last season, still like the Heat. Alrighty, Mavericks, what is going on with them? They were great in the bubble, not really translating well. This season, is Luka getting figured out a little bit? Because now they're 1-3, losing to the Hornets is never a good sign. Especially without um, John Morant, right? Is he, he's on the Hornets? Am I bugging? No, he's on the Grizzlies. Yeah, so I'm bugging. Um, here we go. Let's look at uh, what did um, Luka Doncic do. 12 points, 2 rebounds, 5 assists, and he played 24 minutes. He shot 40 percent, 0 of 5 from three. Nothing great there. So Luca, a little bit of a down game, and you know that, and they lose. Is that a coincidence? I think that's correlation, folks. They definitely need Luca. He's the he's their number one. Probably you put Tim Hardaway Jr. and Maybe uh, Dorian Finney-Smith as the number two, three. But uh, Luca got to step it up a little bit more here. They also don't have that great of a bench. No really big names here. What do we got? Uh, Jalen Brunson. He had some solid contributions, 16 points in 20 minutes. I'll give him that. And then Maxi Kleber, um, 12 points and uh, six rebounds. So some decent help off the bench. Not you know not as deep as I would say the Heat or some other of these teams. Uh, but still, Mavericks got to get it figured out here. Um, all right, Lakers beating the Spurs, uh, 121 to 107. What did uh, LeBron and AD do? Did AD play this game? Let's take a look. Anthony Davis did play 20 points. LeBron James, 26 points. Classic. Dennis Schroeder, 21 points. That's what I love to see this man being kind of consistent and stepping up. He's kind of their number one shooter now um, since they picked him up in um, during the offseason. So 3 of 5 from 3. Absolutely fantastic. 21 points. And basically, if you're having LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Dennis Schroeder scoring all 20 plus points, they're going to win every single game that happens in. And, and there is no, um, you know, no, um, there is kind of correlation here that they all did that 20 plus points and they win the game um all right let's see Kyle Kuzma coming off the bench six points one of four from three so he still needs to step it up a little bit more and Montrose Harold hasn't been playing the best here 10 points he did have nine rebounds so we'll give him that three offensive that's pretty good as well so um a decent game for Montrose Harold off the bench we should say all right <clears throat> Let's move on and then our last game clippers blazers. This was the game in our moneymaker We only had a one-team moneymaker going last night and it was clippers minus four and a half I believe it was and they cover out outright. They win by what what is this? Uh, 23 points. Holy cow big old blow for them four and one. I think they're leading the West I think they're the only four and one team They the only one lost team besides the Hawks, but they only got three wins. So very good job here for the start for the Clippers Let's quickly go over this. What is uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard doing? Kawhi Leonard, 28 points. Classic Kawhi Leonard. And Paul George, classic Paul George here, 23 points. When Kawhi Leonard is playing, he's kind of on as well. So everything's going good here. Good contribution from Serge Ibaka. I love that this man's having success. Look at this man, three of five from three. We saw him in Toronto uh, for the bubble last season, and he was really the best piece on that Raptors team, the most consistent piece because Siakam wasn't doing anything. Um, who else do they got? Really, Siakam and Fred Van Vliet, he wasn't as consistent. But Sergio Ibaka coming off the bench in Toronto, huge. Three-pointers whenever he came up on the court, and he's still translating it over here for the Clippers. So I love that he's, Serge Ibaka is having some nice success here. Starting, 11 points, 3 of 5 from 3. 8 rebounds to go along with that. Or no, 3. No, yeah, I was right. Yeah, 8 rebounds. I'm reading the right stat line. So great job by him. I uh, love it. Alrighty, so that's all kind of the stories in basketball today. So now let's get into our main topics, which is our um, guessing and reacting to the lines. But quickly, I do want to do this kind of Sean Payton. Sean Payton is a genius, folks, and I'm telling you why. Remember, this is when it all came about and everything started to add up for me. So let's take us back to last week when the Saints... Played on a Friday, Christmas Day, against the Vikings, and Alvin Kamara was running wild on everybody. And then came the fourth quarter when Alvin Kamara had the chance to tie history at six touchdowns, and they put Taysom Hill in. And everybody freaked out, and Twitter exploded, and everybody's like, How could you do that to Alvin Kamara? How could you, you know, not let him get the record? And blah, 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 blah. But Sean Payne's not thinking about a meaningless game that they already wrapped up against the Vikings on Christmas Day. This man's thinking about the playoffs in the Super Bowl so let's take us back to this infamous play should we call it we'll tell you about it right here uh this is where it came they were already up 45 to 33 at this point Alvin Kamara was running wild in um or hang hang on hang on this is it nope 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 hang on let me back it up a little bit all right they were already up 38 to 27 and Alvin Kamara was running wild at this point and then they got down to the one yard line and they sub Alvin Kamara out and they put Taysom Hill in with 403 and that's when everybody lost their mind so we got the play queued up here let's watch the formation and let's see what happens on this play why is Sean Payton putting Taysom Hill out there and putting stuff on tape when they've already got the game wrapped up and why isn't Alvin Kamara in the game right now right that's basically the big questions, and we've got the answer, so here we go, this is the play that ruined Elva Kamara's, you know, career setting day, here it is, let me slow down a little bit, let me pause it, okay, so here it is, look at the formation, no wide receivers, bunch formation, single backfield to the right of Taysom Hill, and now what do they do, they Run it. They run the ball in with Taysom Hill. Nobody's running routes. It's not a read option. It's not even a pass fake. There's no chance that Taysom Hill throws this pass. It's Taysom Hill running on the one-yard line. Alrighty. So now, this has happened before. Taysom Hill's been on the one-yard line before, correct? Well, yes, that is correct. Now that you bring it up. So let's go back. I believe this is week 11 against the Falcons. Once again, Taysom Hill on the two-yard line. Fourth and goal, pay attention to the formation and the routes ran, or the routes not ran. Once again, he goes into motion. Now, this is a kind of bunch set with two tight ends on each side. Once again, single backfield with running back to the right of Taysom Hill. Now, let's watch the play here. Once again, direct snap to Taysom Hill. He runs it to the right side. No, no tight ends going out on routes. No Play action, no fake handoff, no fake pass. It's just Taysom Hill, direct snap, finding, looking to the right, and going in for the touchdown. Now, you're probably wondering wondering to yourself, they didn't run this play three times, did they? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because let's go to the following week. This is week 11, I believe, and then in week 12 against the Broncos, we've got the same situation here, folks. Here we go, so let's break this down. Once again, Taysom Hill on the two-yard line. Four tight ends, two on each side. Single back to the right of Taysom Hill. Now let's can you take a guess on what play they run here? Well, let's find out. Here it is, Taysom Hill running to the right, touchdown. Now, once again, no tight ends going out for routes, no play action, no fake pass, no fake handoff to the running back, direct snap, Taysom Hill running off the right side for the touchdown. Now, and um, so let's go back to this one against the Vikings here. This is why they ran the play, because Sean Payton knows that in the playoffs, or when they get in the Super Bowl, when they're going to have this formation out, the defensive coordinator on the other team facing this formation right now is going to know, Taysom Hill, run, Taysom Hill, run. That's all the tape. Every single time, Taysom Hill has ran to the right, so the defense is now going to sell out for a Taysom Hill run um, run to the right, correct? So what do you think Sean Payton's setting this play up for? He's waiting to pull out that trick play in the playoffs when they need it. He would like to hold it for the Super Bowl, Um, but you know, if they get there, but if they get in the dire situation in the playoffs, they'll run a formation. They'll come out, run this exact formation. It will look just like this. But some of these tight ends will be going out for routes, so this tight end could do just a little shallow running on the goal line. This tight end goes deep, maybe five yards in the end zone, then breaks out to the corner, and you got kind of the same on this right side as well. A tight end kind of goes five yards in and cuts out, and another tight end goes right down the sideline, and then Taysom Hill passes it because the defense is selling out for the run, folks. I can guarantee this is what Sean Payton's doing. There's literally nothing, and you know why we know this? because Sean Payton ran this play on a prime time, only game that was on all day game that he knows that everybody's watching. Do you think that all every coach in the NFL was watching this game? Because I guarantee you they were because they know the Saints are going to be in the playoffs and they know that they're going to have to face them. So what better time to sit back, relax, do a little couch coaching? I can guarantee you all the coaches were watching and making note of this play. There's no reason to send Taysom Hill out here when they already put him. 38 points and there's four minutes left in the game the game was over at this point put Alma Kamara let him go run it in but Sean Payton's got some big brain IQ playing that 6d chess and he knows he had to get this on tape on primetime television of Taysom Hill, bunch formation, single running back to the right, going to the right off tackle. Folks, watch out for the playoffs. I can guarantee you we will see a play that is in this exact formation with all four tight ends doing different routes on the different side and then Taysom Hill's an easy wide open pass because everybody's selling out run, folks. There it is. Sean Payton, best coach in the league. I'm sorry I had to expose you, Sean Payton, but um, you know we have to call when we see it and we're seeing it and we're calling it and um when it happens folks we'll be here to tell (laughs) y'all we'll be here to tell y'all we were right um (laughs) all right so that's just the one film that we needed to see on sean payton because this is definitely what's happening folks i can guarantee it um You know, trick plays work in the playoffs in the Super Bowl all the time. We saw Josh Allen, his first um, playoff last year against the Texans. It was trick play after trick play after trick play on that first drive. That's why they scored a touchdown. And then in the Super Bowl, the Philly special, um, you know, that's a trick play. Watch out for this as well. This is going to be the new Philly special here. Alrighty, so now let's go into our main topic today, which is guessing and reacting to the week 17 lines. We'll try to go through these a little bit quickly because we know some games are meaningless and some lines are going to be just ridiculous because, you know, backups are playing backups. So, alright, with all that being said, let's count it. Let's talk about these games. Let's see what the spread's going to be. And then, um, you know, we'll uh, react to what the actual lines are. But first, let's go through and guess and start talking about some of these games. So the first game up is Dolphins Bills folks, and uh, Dolphins winning in Bills trying to secure that number two seed. It would be perfect for them. They would have home field until you know they got to the Chiefs if the Chiefs are still there, and then they have to go on the road for the AFC Championship game. But uh, you know they you want as many home games as possible, and the Bills are looking for that. Once again, Bills are home. Bills have a fantastic offense. They're literally picking apart every single defense, and these are no scrub defenses. We're talking about Seattle's defense. We're t- We're talking about a Bill Belichick coach defense. Um, You know, those are some good defenses. Now, the Dolphins, best defense in the league. Must-win game for them. Bill's not a must-win game, but a division opponent. They can keep the Dolphins out. They're definitely going to be trying to win this game. So, should be a good one. Dolphins offense, I don't know, man. This Bills defense is very good as well, and I'm really not sure. I think it's still up in the air whether Devontae Parker's playing or not, and that's going to be huge. I think Jakeem Grant is kind of out already, which is not good. I don't, I'm not 100% sure he's playing. So, once again, the Dolphins weapons are not there, and Tua is once again going to struggle if our running game isn't going to get taken off right from the rip and starting to get going right from quarter one. So, the Dolphins offense is still the big question. Question mark here, is Tua going to play the entire game? Are they going to bring in Brian Fitzpatrick at some point? Um, So this was going to be close, but the Dolphins, this is a must-win game for them if they want to control their own destiny in the playoffs. Brian Flores has a great run organization here. And I think these are two very, very pretty much even teams. You know, great offense by the Bills, but great defense by the Dolphins. Something's got to give here. So we're going to call this one Bills. Bills minus three and a half. I think these teams are very, very close and similar on what they can do. I do think the Bills have the better offense, but, you know, in totality, this Dolphins defense is, it's something next level, folks. So, we'll call it Bills minus three and a half. Bills minus three because they're at home. And then maybe about a point, a half a point because the Bills talent, their roster, everything about them is a, probably a point or half a point better than the Dolphins here. So, we'll call this one Bills minus three and a half. Already, Saints and Panthers, and you know, kind of what we said at the top of the show, Panthers not having uh, Mike Davis, that's definitely going to hurt them in the long run, uh, but this Panthers... Offense is still good with Teddy Bridgewater and the receivers. I believe Saints are still playing for playoff positioning. Um, you know, we'll talk about more of that in um, on tomorrow's show when we do kind of our playoff predictor. Um, but I believe Drew Brees is probably going to be playing, or Taysom Hill probably plays this week. I think it's better if Taysom Hill plays this week. Give Drew Brees another week of rest because he wasn't looking that great last week. Um, some arid passes. He threw two interceptions, no touchdowns because Elvin Kamara was going wild. So get Drew Brees fully healthy. This isn't a must-win game for the Saints. They've already, you know, they're going to be in the playoffs. Um, So I would kind of like to see Taysom Hill start quarterback for this week for the Saints. Um We'll know more about the line of what Vegas is going to predict. Like, if this is Saints minus 10, you probably know Drew Brees is playing. If this is Saints, you know minus 20, once again, you probably know Drew Brees is playing. But if this is like Panthers minus 4, then you probably know that the Saints are going to be resting everybody. So, um, we'll know more about this game when we look at the line. But we're going to call this one Saints minus... oof. Saints, oof. I was going to say it, and I was like, ooh, that may be a little high. But let's just count this one. Saints minus four. I'm assuming everybody's playing. I don't think I've heard any information on whether the Saints are resting anybody. I don't think they are. Quickly go through my timeline real quick. Any anything that I'm seeing. I haven't seen anything since before we went live. And um, you know, and they can still earn a first round bye. Look at this scenario. New Orleans Saints playoff picture. They can clinch a first round bye if the Saints win and the Packers lose and the Seahawks win. I mean, so they're still fighting for that first round bye. So yeah, Saints minus four. Absolutely love it. You better believe that they're gonna be gunning all day for this win here. If they can still get that first round bye, that would help Drew Brees tremendously, tremendously. So yeah, we'll call this one probably you can go even higher, but we'll keep this one at Saints minus four for now Alrighty, Packers and Bears, big game for the Bears once again. Kind of what we mentioned, big game for the Packers too. They don't have that number one seed wrapped up with the bow, so Packers are going to be going for it. Bears, they need to win, win and in for them. Simple as that. Mitch Trubisky, how is he going to fare? Is he going to flounder in the biggest game of his career? I know that he got to the playoffs, but that was before you know the Bears were looking to move off of him. It was kind of a known story that Mitch Trubisky is pretty much not going to be here anymore. So a huge game for Mitch Trubisky. He needs to win this game. He needs to play a flawless game for us to even have a chance, for for even me to have a chance to even think that the Bears would even keep him for next season. So he needs to be perfect. He's at home, which is already great there. Got to be at home for this game. He's got to play great. But what did we just see last week against a Jaguars defense that was tanking in the first half? It was 10-10. So, Packers are going to be going for it, Bears are going to be going for it, and uh, we're going to call this one Packers... Packers minus five, man. This Bears team is not good, man. This ba- <laughs> Mitch Trubisky is not good. I don't care what anybody says. I- I'm looking at the stats. I'm looking at the tape. I'm comparing everything. And the man is turning it over in the red zone. That's grade one mm, cardinal sin. Don't turn the ball over and especially don't do it in the red zone. And Mitch Trubisky is doing that in the biggest cardinal sin of all. Do not turn the ball over in the red zone on a first down play. Live for another down, and Mitch Trubisky does that better than anybody, folks, throwing throwing red zone interceptions on first down when you still have two other plays, potentially three, and you're guaranteed at least three points, most likely, for a chip shot field goal. Um, So we're going to call this one Packers minus five. They're still going for it. They want to wrap up the number one seed. They will love to kick their division opponent, Bears, right out of the playoffs. I mean, that's huge, folks. If you don't think that, you know, division opponents are going to play them, play each other even harder than they already do in the regular, you know, first 16 weeks, then you're sadly mistaken here. So Packers are going to be looking to embarrass the Bears, send Mitch Trubisky into an early retirement, because if the Packers absolutely blow out the Bears, they know that Mitch Trubisky will not be there next season so that would be perfect for Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers is like y'all worried about me y'all worried about me performing well well why don't y'all worry about your own quarterbacks because I just kicked one out of the league in Mitch Trubisky so we're gonna call this one Packers minus five Alrighty, Ravens and Bengals, and ooh boy, ooh boy, ooh boy. We could get some tremendous value here with the Bengals. I'm loving this Bengals team, folks. I'm loving, loving, loving this Bengals team. They won last week outright. We took them plus seven and a half. Bingo, bingo. Didn't even have to sweat in that game. Um, They're not going to be starting any of their starters, or not really any of their starters, but... You know, they're going to be playing the same offense that they did last week. I mean, um, Brandon Allen playing absolutely fantastic. We watched some film on him yesterday, and he impressed me a lot. I think this man could be a starter. This man could start for the Jags, definitely. So, um, you know, Joe Burrow is going to be starting for the Bengals, so definitely unfortunate for Brandon Allen. But I I saw some good talent there. They won the game. Now, the Ravens are fighting for a playoff spot. These are division rivals here. So, Bengals at home as well. This Bengals defense really stepping up a little bit. Now, I know this Ravens offense is just something so special, folks. You can't stop it because the running game is just too good. They're versatile. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. We'll see if Mark Ingram's going to be good to go for this game. Um, We know he missed, I think, at least a couple of the last three weeks. We know he definitely didn't play last week, uh, but I think he's been out for a couple weeks since then as well so we'll see if he is good to go bangles um let's see what we call this game probably i think this is going to be like bangles minus 10 and i still think i mean if we get bangles minus 10 folks I think we take that. I think this is going to be a close game. I do, I do think the Ravens are the better team, clearly. I don't think anybody's really doubting that. But the way that this Bengals team has been playing, I stress, you know, that building that winning culture. And the head coach for the Bengals is definitely doing that. They've won, what, their past two games? If they could win out, I mean, their last three or four games, I mean, that would be truly fantastic. Building that winning culture without your quarterback? That's exactly what you want, folks. So I think the Bengals, we could get some great value here with the Bengals plus some points. I think the Ravens win, and I know they're trying to win. I mean, they're not even in the playoffs. Or no, they are. They are. So winning in for them, I definitely think they win. But I think the Bengals cover, division game, close game. Once again, kind of the Bengals have this opportunity to kind of knock the Ravens out, a division rival, out of the playoffs. I'll take the points there, I think. So um, Ravens minus 10. That's what um, our official guess is going to be. Alrighty, let's keep going here. Steelers and Browns, and it's kind of, as we said at the top of the show, no Big Ben, no T.J. Watt, no Cam Hayward. Who was the other one I'm blanking on? Should we go back, or should we just try to memorize it? Well, let's try to find it. Um, Where's the story? Here it is. Uh, Marquise Pouncey, so the offensive line's going to get a little bit worse, and we know this Browns defensive line, Miles Garrett, uh, with no center... Uh, so a little bit of a shakeup on the Steelers' offensive line. So look for the Browns. Once again, kind of a must-win game for the Browns. The Steelers, this is kind of a must-win game for that number two seed because they can still get the number two seed. But it doesn't seem like Mike Tomlin's really fighting too much. They're going to get a first-round playoff home game anyway. So he's probably just kind of feeding off of that. But it um, doesn't look like the Browns are going to go for the number two seed as much as you know maybe Buffalo is going to. Um, now the Browns kind of a winning scenario for them as well we're kind of keeping track of this COVID outbreak that's going on in Cleveland for the Browns not looking the best so a lot of up in the air at the moment but um, you know we know Baker Mayfield he hasn't really been reliable these last couple weeks last week fumbling three times you know Kevin Stefanski throwing the ball 53 times when they have no wide receivers a little wonky there Uh, but the Browns are at home once again kind of a division game against the Steelers these two teams have history. Remember the last time Mason Rudolph played against Miles Garrett? Miles Garrett came over the top and just slammed him. Slammed Mason Rudolph with his helmet. So we're going to have that narrative playing out this entire game. This is going to be a close physical battle. I would expect some ejections in this game. Um, It's going to be real wild. This is going to be fun to watch. Two teams going at it that both really kind of need a win here. Steelers need to even look good because they haven't looked good for, you know, the last four weeks. So, this one's going to be a little tough to call. We're going to call this one... Right now, maybe Browns minus two and a half because of kind of their COVID watch situation. The Steelers not playing full strength. Baker Mayfield's not playing the greatest. So we'll call this one Browns minus two and a half. It'll probably probably be a little higher than that, probably around Browns minus four. But for right now, what we're seeing, the COVID's still an issue. I get that the Browns have all the receivers back, but the Steelers defense is still, it's not going to be 100% on the front line, but the backs are still going to be there waiting for Baker Mayfield to make the mistake. So we're going to call this one Browns minus two and a half Is that kind of crazy? Because that's basically basically What we're saying is still the Steelers on a neutral field Are half a point better than the Browns um, Should we bump this up a little bit? Should we go minus three and a half? No Big Ben, but Mason Rudolph, I mean, Big Ben, he hasn't been looking great. And I think definitely Mason Rudolph, kind of a younger, fresh set of legs, can still get it done. And as we saw that these receivers are still going to be playing, we just kind of named the four players that won't be playing for the Steelers here. Yeah, we're going to keep this one. We're going to keep this one at Browns minus two and a half. I think Mason Rudolph is definitely going to be, you know, a very solid backup quarterback here. Alrighty, let's move on to Vikings and Lions. Um, this one's going to be a crapshoot, folks. No Delvin Cook for the Vikings, so Kirk Cousins is going to struggle mightily. We know he struggles when the run game is not doing anything. And for the Lions, Matt Stafford's. He's about 50/50 right now and I would assume he's not going to play because this is a meaningless game and I still think he wants to play next season and is, you know, his uh, time with the Lions is probably coming to an end as he goes somewhere else. He needs to be 100% healthy because if he's not healthy, if he gets, you know, God forbid injured beyond repair in this game, he's not going to be able to sign with another team next season because nobody's going to take the risk on an aging quarterback that hasn't really done anything in his career. He's gotten to the playoffs a couple of times, but you know, always flounders, so Matt Stafford. If he wants to play next season, he cannot get injured this game. He's already a little banged up, so I don't really think he plays. The Lions just got absolutely destroyed last week against the Box. You know, we know the co the coach situation. So we're gonna highly, highly recommend staying away from this game. Whatever the line is, I don't care. Um, it's just not. It's not going to be worth it. But um, we're gonna call this one Vikings. Vikings minus three because they still overall had the better weapons. Um, And the Lions, they don't play a full game. Um, they're usually good in the first half The first two possessions and then they really fizzle out For the rest of the game I mean the Vikings do that too They really turn the ball over a ton in the second half But um, yeah Real real bizarre game It's not going to be good there's going to be a lot of people out for this Come Sunday I'm sure more will Come out of who's not playing for the Vikings and Lions So, um, And then the Vikings defense just got, got, got Called out by their head coach Mike Zimmer Saying that's the worst defense he's ever seen So you know are you going to be playing for your Head coach like that because he may not even be here next year for the Vikings so a lot up in the air in these two teams stay away from it like I said I don't care if the Lions are getting 20 I don't care if they're getting 50 I stay away heavy from this game we'll call it Vikings minus three though Already Chargers Chiefs As we just said at the top of the show No Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs Chargers still trying to win this building, um, ch- Still trying to build this winning culture And where they rallied off three straight games Now they've come down to the wire in all these games And they still kind of could have You know, flip of a coin They could have lost all those games So the Chargers are still doing what the Chargers do Which is not blowing out any team Keeping it close And still not scoring really any points in the fourth quarter So those are still all the mistakes this Chargers are making Now, um, Um, You know, this Chiefs team, they're still going to have some of their starters play. I would assume Clyde Edwards-Hallar is still going to play because he's a rookie. He still needs the reps. Um, As we said, Chad Henney is going to be playing for the Chiefs. I still think he can have good control of that offense. Um, We'll see what's going to happen on the defensive end of the ball for the Chiefs. We'll still kind of see, you know, how many Chiefs starters are not playing this week. Um, So, this one's going to be tough. I still don't think I trust the Chargers in this situation, even against the Chiefs' backups. So... Ooh, this one's going to be tough to call. We're going to call this one Chiefs minus one. Even with all their kind of players out, even though it hasn't really been solidified of all these Chiefs players being out, I think we just said Patrick Mahomes, Clyde Edwards, Hilar. That's not a stat, or that's just a stat. That's not a story about him not playing. Let's see if we get anything here with the Chiefs real quickly as we scroll through our Twitter feed. Anything popping up? What's this? Um, Patrick Mahomes not playing. Little story there. And, yeah, so we, don't, we really don't have too much information on this uh, Chiefs team, whether they're playing or not. Um, we just know Chad Henney's playing. That's really it. So we'll still call this one Chiefs minus one. We'll know more about the line at the spread. If it's, like, Chiefs, you know, plus, like, four, then you probably know a lot of Chiefs players are not playing. So we'll call that one Chiefs minus one. All let's keep moving on here. Jets, Patriots, something's got to give here. Jets have won last, their last two games. Now is Adam Gase a good head coach? No. Yeah, two wins? Well, let's not get carried away. Um, Patriots, we just saw Bill Belichick in this office on, you know, prime time against the Bills at home. They could do nothing. The offense is still trash. Um, I think Stidham is playing this week instead of Cam Newton. I don't know if that's beneficial yet. Um, I know Bill Belichick is like, yeah, I guess Cam Newton's going to be playing. That's kind of what he said on, you know, Tuesday. Was that a Sunday night game? Monday night? Ever anyway, you know, Bill Belichick kind of said it early in the week, right after that, um, right after that loss against Buffalo. That yeah, maybe Cam Newton plays. I don't really know. Um, so really not sure who's going to be quarterbacking here. Jets, are they going to be trying to win? Are they going to be trying to lock up that number two seed? Um, gonna be real bizarre. Does Bill Belichick want want to win this game? You know how much are the players gonna be playing? I don't really know, but um, you know these are two not good teams. So once again, we highly advise staying away from this game. We'll call this one probably a pick 'em. em I mean, is any are are the Jets are the are the Patriots even better than this team? This Jets team? I think the Jets offense is better than the Patriots offense. Now, the Jets defense, I don't think is that good, and the Patriots defense, they're not that good either, but they still got Bill Belichick, so we have to, you know, give that man a little bit res- a little bit of respect a little bit. So, we'll say it's a pick I don't think you get really any value picking either of these teams. I stay away from it. Alrighty, Cowboys and Giants and both of these teams can still make the playoffs, folks. It's kind of bizarre, but here we are, week 17. Cowboys on the road. Their offense finally got going. It only took Mike McCarthy 17 weeks to finally have this offense going, and it finally took Ezekiel Elliott 17 weeks to finally step up into that kind of number one role over 100 yards rushing. I think he had two touchdowns. Don't quote me on that, but I do think it was kind of up there, so... Finally, everything got back on track for the Cowboys. This Giants defense has been pretty solid all season. But Daniel Jones has not looked very good these last two weeks because he's a little hobbled around. And who would have thought? I mean, Daniel Jones' running game is a huge factor of his game and just being kind of mobile in the pocket. So he's really struggling a little bit here these last two weeks. They've still been in close games, even against the Ravens. That Giants defense really kind of held the Ravens decently. What did the Ravens put up? 26 points? I think they were held under 30. Let me try and see this real quick. As we're right here, did Ezekiel Elliott have two touchdowns? He had one he had no rushing and no receiving, so I just made that up. <laughs> he had no touchdowns, but he still had 100 yards rushing. So that's still uh, you know a huge factor for him. Um, where's the Seahawks game? Or who are we talking about? The Giants. Here it is. They held the Ravens to 27 points at home. That's pretty good, folks. This Giants defense has been holding these kind of big teams. to not a lot of points. And we can definitely get behind that. Now, the Giants are at home this week against the Cowboys. Another plus for the Giants. In this Cowboys offense, how much do we trust it? How much do we trust Andy Dalton in high-pressure situations? I mean, we've seen him with the Bengals for 10-plus seasons. Were we ever afraid of Andy Dalton week 17 come week 17? I wasn't. I was never worried that Andy Dalton would beat my team come week 17. So, Cowboys on the road. How is Mike McCarthy going to handle the situation? We know it's really been rocky here his first year. So I think this is going to be a lot close. I'm rooting for the Giants here. I'm rooting for Washington to get in. And if Washington can't do it against the Eagles, then I'm rooting for the Giants. I really don't want to see the Cowboys in here in the playoffs. So um, we're going to go. We're going to call this one. This is tough. Just because Daniel Jones hasn't looked 100% yet these last two weeks. Ooh, That's the big hang up here. Because I think the Giants defense is going to hold the Cowboys offense decently. But we still need some points coming from the Giants offense. So we're going to call this one. Giants minus one and a half because they're at home. So you give the home team minus three and then we're, we're going to take a couple of points away from the Giants because we think the Cowboys offense is a little bit better right now at this moment at this moment than the Giants offense. So we'll call this one Giants minus one and a half. Alrighty now Washington and Eagles. This is the night game, the only 8 o'clock game there is come Sunday, and they're trying to build up the drama, folks. All the drama is surrounding the NFC East, so the Cowboys and Giants will play at 1 o'clock. The winner will still have the chance to make the playoffs, and then they'll be all watching that 8 o'clock game, rooting for Washington to lose. Um, So here we go, Washington and the Eagles. Eagles defense really let me down last week, folks. Um, We liked the Eagles last week over the Cowboys, the Cowboys absolutely shredded them we had Andy Dalton for throw, throwing 300 yards we had C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper both catching for 100 yards or Michael Gallup catching for 100 yards um, over 100 yards so that offense for the Cowboys it really kind of struck and the Eagles defense really let me down now um, Jalen Hurts do I like Jalen Hurts as a quarterback yes is he ready to start winning games right now at this moment yeah, he can kind of keep you competitive, but he's still making some bad mistakes, taking the safety in the first quarter, and then not scoring any points in the fourth quarter. That happened against the Cardinals a couple weeks ago, and now it happened against the Cowboys. So Jalen Hurts not scoring in the fourth quarter is huge, folks. That's really huge. So he's not being he's not being a consistent quarterback quarter one through quarter four so that's that's something that we have to kind of keep track of and then that eagles that eagles offense got out to a hot start against the cowboys and then fizzled out for the rest of the game i mean they scored 14 points in the first two possessions where did they end at they ended at 17, so they scored three points in the third, in the second quarter, and then no points for the rest of the game. So that's something that we definitely have to keep an eye on, and this Washington defense is the best defense in the NFC East. You know, this is a top-five defense. We, took, we said the Eagles defense was top-five going in last week, but then we finally took them out because of what they just did last week. We can't have that in the top-five. But this Washington defense is clearly top-five. You can probably say top-four, maybe top-three if you want to push your luck, and I may agree. But um, Washington's defense is great. Tim Heineke was playing great last week. No more Dwayne Haskins. We'll see probably... Alex Smith play quarterback for Washington, which I think is probably a mistake. I really liked what I saw from Tim Heineke um, last week. And Chase Young loved Tim Heineke, so that's great as well. If your defensive captain is hyping up your quarterback, come on, folks. Absolutely. There's so much team camaraderie going on in Washington's locker room. Ron Rivera knows it's a win and in situation. And I can guarantee you, Ron Rivera in his wildest dreams, did not think that this is where he would be come week 17. He's in the NFC East um, number one position. And he controls his own destiny for the playoffs. So, I love Washington here. I still like Jalen Hurts. Don't get me wrong. I still think he's a good quarterback. But, you know, we have to see him next season. He, he needs to get a little bit better. He needs, you know, a full kind of offseason to work with his weapons. He's a rookie, folks. So, he's a rookie who started late, late, late in the season. Later than Tua did. So... Can't buy this Eagles offense right now. Can't buy the Eagles defense right now. But I can buy this Washington defense, and that's what I absolutely love. So we're going to call this one Washington minus three. Alrighty, let's keep moving on here. Falcons and Bucks and Bucks. We saw, you know, we read the story kind of. I think on a Monday or Tuesday, um, Bruce Arian said, "Hey, we're we're playing like this week matters. Like, you know, this is kind of a win and in scenario for us. We're gonna take this week as seriously as we take taking the other 16 weeks. So the Bucks are gonna be going full throttle. The Falcons, we'll kind of see. Is Julio Jones gonna play? Is he gonna risk another injury or tweaking the hamstring again? He he, you know, there's some rumors circulating. That he may not be in Atlanta next year So is he going to put himself out on the line When he may have to be looking for a new team um, We saw the Falcons play the Chiefs Very close last week And then Young Way Koo Misses the chip shot field goal to tie it up that, I think that really just drained The entire Falcons offense Defense, the entire team They're like you know, we would have been competitive in Week 17, but do you just saw what we just did? We just played our hearts out. We just challenged the best team in the league, and we it still wasn't enough. So, I don't see them having too much energy in this Bucks game. I think the Bucks really just blow them out here. They're playing, you know, it's probably another situation where Tom Brady just absolutely goes nuts in the first half and doesn't play the second half. So, we're going to call this one Bucks minus 10. I don't think that this Atlanta team is going to be able to keep up with them. Bucks minus 10. Alrighty, Broncos Raiders. Two teams that aren't playing for anything. Now, I'll tell you right now, I don't know what the over is, but I think I like the over. Two high-explosive offensive teams, nothing left to lose. Drew Locke trying to fight for his position next year to still be in Denver. Um, Derek Carr, I would assume, is still trying to be the quarterback for the Raiders, but I really think that they need to make the switch to Marcus Mariota because I think he they found a system that Marcus Mariota can really thrive in here in L.A., and I think John Gruden has a tough decision to make in the offseason, about Derek Carr, um, so gonna be a tight one. Gonna be kind of a wild one to call because you really don't know at the end of the day who's gonna kind of show up. Is it gonna be the Drew Lock that we've kind of been getting kind of all this season, kind of unfortunately, that's throwing interceptions in the first on the first drive and then only scoring points in the fourth quarter when the game's already over? Are we gonna get the Drew Lock from last season who played good in his five games? Probably not the good lock Probably not the good Drew Lock. But we still can't trust the Raiders either. So another game that I highly stay away from. Raiders, Broncos. I don't know, man. This is tough. Broncos are at home, so I do like them. Raiders on the road. Not a lot to play for. I really don't think the way that I see John Gruden coaching, I don't really think he's gonna have the players motivated to actually come out and play this game. Unfortunately. That's just kind of what I get from John Gruden. Sue me kill me whatever y'all want to do uh, um but uh let's go let's go oh this one this one's tough folks this one is tough but we're going to call this one broncos broncos minus 1 1.5? We'll go Broncos minus 1.5 again. I can't trust Drew Locke, folks. It's unfortunate. I want to like the kid. I like the kid coming into the season. I like the arm, but he's not getting it done. He's not doing anything in the first three quarters, which is like the entire game. <laughs> it's 75% of the entire game. Um, so we'll call this one Broncos minus 1.5 just because John Gruden getting the Raiders to go from LA to the Denver high altitude. Denver trying to you know carry momentum into next season. I really don't know what John Gruden Doing this season I don't know what His kind of game plan For next season is So we'll call this Broncos minus one and a half Alrighty let's crack out These last four games here Titans Texans Titans still playing For a playoff spot Texans Playing for Something Deshaun Watson's The only good player on this Texans team. Literally everybody else is not good. Brandon Cooks is the second best player. J.J. Watts the third best player. And then there's a big old gap between who's the next player is. This Texans offense cannot run the ball to save their lives, even though they've got a great running back in David Johnson. You know, riddle me that. But um, yeah, I mean, you can't even trust the Texans team. I mean, The quarterback's fumbling on the one-yard line. The wide receivers are fumbling on the one-yard line. The quarterback is fumbling on the fourth quarter at the end of the game. We cannot trust this Texans offense. Now this Titans team just got absolutely embarrassed last week against the Packers. Expect them to kind of come out and play a little bit better. They're in a dome, so you don't have to worry about the elements. And this Texans team, they probably played a little bit close because division rivals trying to force uh, the Titans out of the playoffs. So with all that being said, still can't trust Deshaun Watson. They're fumbling. They're turning the ball over. No accountability in that Texans locker room. So we're going to call this one Titans minus five. Derrick Henry should have no problem running all over it. And then that sets up um, Ryan Tannehill to have a fantastic day as well. So we're going to call this one Titans minus five. Titans still playing for the playoff spot. Texans just playing to play. And when they play to play, they turn it over. So Titans minus five. Then we got Jags and Colts. Colts win in, or they need the win and need a little bit of help for one of those four teams that are already in the playoffs to lose. Now, Phillip Rivers we just saw the classic Phillip Rivers from last week. But they're facing the Jags who just made it official that they're tanking by how they played at the end of the half against the Bears last week. Um, so, the Colts are going to win this one no doubt. I mean there's no doubt that the Jaguars upset the Colts. Jags want to keep that number one seed. They're playing Mike Lennon. Um, but it's Philip Rivers and anything can happen they're good in the first half but they flounder in the second half and this has been going on for the last four or five weeks folks that this Colts team is not putting up really any points in the second half and Philip Rivers turning it over we really saw three interceptions at that fourth quarter mark um two were bailed out because they were called back because of a penalty or some ridiculous other flaw that they wanted to give Philip Rivers another second crack at it um so we're going to call this one Colts minus 10. We don't truly believe it's Colts minus 10. But um, the, the way that the Jaguars are tanking, we have to call it Colts minus 10. Um, and we stay away from it. I don't take it because I still don't trust Philip Rivers. I was vindicated this week, so I'm feeling good about it. But we'll call it Colts minus 10 because the Jags are tanking all right then Rams and Cardinals oh boy winner really gets a playoff spot here loser can get knocked out not a great look for that so Cardinals Kyler Murray a little bit of You know, up in the air whether he was going to play this week, kind of got injured at the end of the 49ers game last week, but he said he's good to go. He's going to go. He's going to make it work. Whereas on the Rams side, Jared Goff is 100% not playing because he had surgery, and Cooper Cup is 100% not playing because he's got the COVID. So, this Rams offense was already limited with, you know, other starters. Now you take away their quarterback and their probably number one wide receiver. You can make the, I mean, yes, I'm saying that. That's their number one wide receiver, Cooper Cup. So Rams, uh, I can't trust their offense normally, so you take away – the two most important positions in an offense, the quarterback and the wide receiver, then I definitely don't like y'all. So, don't like the Rams at all. Cardinals playing angry. I mean, but the way that the Cardinals played offense last week, it gives me a little, you know, hesitation on picking them. The one knock that we have on the Cardinals is DeAndre Hopkins is the only player that can score points and really move the ball down the field on a consistent basis. They still haven't figured out anything else to do for this Cardinals offense. Now, Kyler Murray, he's usually very good running the ball about like I would say, probably av- averaging about like 50 to 65 yards on the ground himself every game, which is pretty good. But um, we know he's injured, so don't look for him to really be as quick, as precise with his running. He may be a little hesitant as well. Ooh, I want to run. Ooh, hang on, that one, that one tweaked. So now he can't really run, and now he's got freaking who? He's got Aaron Donald chasing him down. So I really expect Kyler Murray to really struggle a little bit this game. This Rams defense has really been consistent all season. The Cardinals defense has a little bit been a little bit up and down. We had them in the top five of our defenses for a couple weeks, maybe one or two weeks. But um, you know, in the grand scheme of things, this is an eight and eight team, folks. There's nothing really special about them besides DeAndre Hopkins being very good. Um, and, you know, if this if the Cardinals team didn't beat the Bills on that Hale-Murray play, we're looking at a 7-7 and team here, or a 7-8 and team here, folks. Like, this Cardinals team, yes, they were good in the first half of the season, don't get me wrong. That first 7-8 weeks, I was having them, you know, top 4 of our power rankings. But ever since then, this is an average team. They've gotten figured out. The offense isn't anything special. So we have a competent offense in the Cardinals that really can't score a lot of points if they're not going to their number one wide receiver. Versus a Rams defense that is top five in the league. Um, But this Rams offense is not good. Can't trust it. So real, real trouble deciding this game. We're going to call this one Rams minus... Rams minus three. And I'll tell you why. I think this backup for the Rams... We'll, we'll we'll know if Jared Goff is the problem here for the Rams if he's limited in what he can do um we'll, we will look at the Rams I'm blanking on the name for the Rams um you know second string quarterback that's going to be playing this week but we will look at him on our Saturday show and our Saturday showcase to get a little better better understanding on what throws he can make and what he can do but um I think I'm a little excited to see the backup quarterback for the Rams not that Jared Goff's bad it's just he doesn't put up points. It's not like this offense can go and put up 30 points whenever they want. They struggle to put up 24. So maybe that, that change of quarterback helps them out a little bit. You know, adding another wide receiver in there that's not Cooper Cup maybe throws the Cardinals off or defense off a little bit. And I think at the end of the day, the Rams defense holds on, and they hold on. That's what we're going to go with. So we'll call this one Rams minus three. And then the last game, Seahawks 49ers. 49ers, nothing to play for, but we just saw what they did last week against the Cardinals. C.J. Beathard playing a lot better than Nick Mullins. We can definitely get behind that. The running game for the 49ers really helped out. C.J. Beathard as well. Seahawks still in position for that number one seed. They can still grab it. Am I bugging? Let me see this real quick. Yeah, they can still grab it. So, they're going to be playing 100% division game. Expect the 49ers to step it up a little bit. Richard Sherman versus his old team once again. Once again, you know, probably tighter than it probably looks on paper. But we can't trust this 49ers offense. And the Seahawks defense is catching fire at the right time. Or Seahawks defense is catching fire at the right time. So, we're going to call this one Seahawks minus 4. Nope, we're going to go 3.5. We'll go 3.5. Um... All right, so now that we've predicted the lines of every single game, let's see how close we are on, how close off are we. And if we see a best bet of the week, folks, we may have to uh, play a little sound effect for that. So, hey, we'll, we'll see what we get here. All righty, let's go over to NFL, and let's see what we get here. All right, first game up is ravens Bengals, and we predicted this game at, where is it at? Ravens minus 10 and it's Ravens minus 12 and a half. Um, So, kind of right in the same par- ballpark. A little bit more than we thought. Now, I do early, you know, we'll come at you live with our our official picks tomorrow. We got to kind of digest and sleep on the lines for a day. And we'll come back at you tomorrow with our picks. But um, uh, uh, right off the rip, I think I like the Bengals plus 12 and a half. I don't think they win the game like I thought the Bengals won the game last week. I don't think they win against the Ravens. But I think division matchup in this Bengals team is getting good at the right time. The defense is really stepping it up. Um, You can say, you know, they gave up 34 points against the Texans, but if you kind of looked at that game and watched the game, it was really just some big runs that really set up the Texans to score some points. Now, that could give us a little bit of pause because the Ravens run the ball better than anybody else in the league because that's kind of all they do, run the ball. So, the run defense for the Bengals kind of got exposed last week, but it was kind of on some big runs. But that still gives us a little, you know, know, J.K. Dobbins can rip it off. <laughs> Lamar Jackson can rip off 50 yarders just like that if he wants to. So Bengals plus 12 and a half, I think is maybe the safer play, safer play a little bit division matchup. Bengals can knock the Ravens out of the playoffs if they want to, if they can get the win. Uh, so Bengals plus 12 and a half is not a bad pick. It's not a bad pick. Already, Steelers and Browns. Let's see what we get here. We predicted the game at Browns minus two and a half, and we're 100% wrong. Browns minus nine. And I can I I, I understand it because they're not having Ben Roethlisberger, but is Mason Rudolph that bad? I I, I don't think he's good. But and then the Browns, that whole COVID situation. We're not sure, you know, who's going to be good to go. We know the wide receivers are good to go, but Baker Mayfield, you know, Steelers can still knock out the Browns. So Steelers plus nine. I think I'm liking it a little bit here, folks. Ooh, Steelers plus nine. I, I I think I like it a little bit. Alrighty, Cowboys, Giants. We predicted this game at Giants minus one and a half, and it's Giants plus one and a half. Alright, so Vegas is favoring the Cowboys a little bit here. Um, Do I understand it? Yeah, a little bit because the Cowboys offense was good last week and we still haven't seen that Daniel Jones offense get back to where he was before kind of the little tweak in his injury. So Giants, I think they win the game. I think this Giants defense is very, very underrated and I think this Cowboys offense only had one good game. Are we going to put a lot of stock in that Cowboys one good offensive game? Not too much because the, I think the Eagles off, or defense was a little worse than I thought, and I think they kind of tricked me a little bit for being good a couple weeks. But um, I like this Giants defense better than I like the Eagles offense currently. I think um, Daniel Jones can get it done. At home, Cowboys on the road, I think we take the one and a half here. I'm, I'm liking the Giants this week, folks. I am liking the Giants this week. Alrighty, Dolphins and Bills, and we predicted this game at Bills minus 3.5, and, and it's going to be Bills minus 1.5, so Dolphins, you know, this must-win attitude by them. Vegas is liking, they're liking the Dolphins' defense, and I think what this line is telling us that maybe the Bills aren't going to play 100%. Sean McDermott says he has the game plan for Miami, but he's not telling anybody about it because he doesn't want anybody to know, so maybe Vegas knows. I'm sure there's insiders, that's why the lines kind of, you know, inflict on what's going to come out in the next couple of days of who's in and who's out so Bills minus one and a half Dolphins plus one and a half must win for the Dolphins Bills just trying to wrap up the number two seed you know if they get down big early are they gonna play in the second half if they give get up big early in the first half will the starters still be playing in the second half if the starters are starting anyway so probably wait maybe till Sunday to bet this game to take this game till we get all the information, but dolphins with the half a point or a point and a half, I think that's not too bad for a must-win scenario here for the dolphins. Already Falcons and Bucks, and we predicted this game at Bucks minus ten, and it's Bucks minus six and a half, and I actually like this a lot, folks. Do we? I don't want to say best bet of the week just quite yet, but um, I'm liking this. Bucks are treating this like it's an absolute must-win game for them. Falcons, I think they're looking a little bit early for vacation. They have an interim head coach, so look for no real accountability. Maybe this last week, kind of like what we're seeing with the Texans, a lot of turnovers late in games, no accountability there in the coaching. You you know in the coaching circle so um, we get the Falcon we get the Bucks minus six and a half. We just saw what they did to the Lions last week. Yes, and I understand that the Lions coaches that's basically why they lost because they had wild coaches coaching in positions that they would never coach in, you know, otherwise. So I still like the Bucks minus six and a half, right under that seven hook. Perfect. Tom Brady was using all of his weapons last week. You know, this is kind of their last kind of run through be, before everything starts to matter. This Bucks team really needs to get into oh my goodness, it's do or die mode. This is the Week to do it. I like the way that Bruce Arians is handling this week that I've heard of so far. Starting everybody. This is a must win week. This is a no nonsense week. We're treating it like every other week. I can get behind that. So, Bucks minus six and a half. I'm telling y'all early. I like it, like it, like it a lot, folks. Only have to swallow six and a half. I'll take that. Alrighty, Jets and Patriots. We predicted this line at. Where do we predict this line? Here we go. Here we go. Uh, we said it's a pick We said it would be a pick and it's Patriots minus three. So, Vegas is basically saying it is a pick if it was on neutral field, but the home team always gets minus three. So, that's why Patriots are at minus three here. Um, so, we we're kind of on the right thinking a little bit. Um, really don't know what to do with these two teams. I don't know who's going to be starting quarterback for the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots' defense hasn't been as good as you know it has been, you know, at certain points this season. The Jets are they going to be playing? I mean, they won their last two games, so you would expect them to really be playing a lot. I think Adam Gase is getting a little sick of everybody calling him out a little bit. So I think I like the Jets plus to three. Give me the three points, and I'll ride with the decision. But um, two bad teams, meaningless game. Definitely stay away from it. Highly advise staying away from it. Alrighty, Vikings Lions. We predicted this game at Vikings minus three, and it's going to be Vikings minus six and a half. Once again, I kind of understand the line a little bit. This Vikings team, they're not going to have Delvin Cook, but they'll have Kirk Cousins, unfortunately. If they had to get one or the other, I'd take Delvin Cook over Kirk Cousins, but unfortunately, there. Lions, the coaching whole situation, I would expect the coaches to be back this season, but once again, kind of an interim head coach situation with Detroit where you're really not sure how the players are going to respond to that. Matt Stafford, I would assume, is not playing this week. I would assume Matt Stafford's not playing this week. So we saw how that all. Offense worked last week without him, but once again, the coach's situation. On the Vikings side, Mike Zimmer, I think he may be out of Minnesota, you know, that comment against the defense being the worst defense he's ever had. Um, No Delvin Cook, the offense is going to struggle. I'm telling you, Kirk Cousins will struggle in this game, even against probably a lackluster Detroit Lions team, so... Big spread here. Once again, two bad teams, nothing to play for. Future of the coaches and the players on that team are up in the air. So once again, I highly stay away from taking this game. Alrighty, then we get Bears and Packers. We predicted this line at... Packers minus five, and it's Packers minus five and a half. So finally, we're on one. Only half a point off here, and we still like it. I'm not trusting Mitch Trubisky. If you give me, who do you rather trust? Mitch Trubisky trying to get that last wild card spot or Aaron Rodgers trying to secure a first round bye? I'm taking Aaron Rodgers securing a first round bye all day and tomorrow and next year and five years down the road. And if Mitch Trubisky is still on the roster next year, I still take it next year as well. So all that being said, Packers minus six five and a half. I can't trust Mitch Trubisky. He's still throwing red zone turnovers. I'm not buying that at all. I'm not buying that Mitch Trubisky is going to be on this Bears roster and that the Bears are going to be re-signing him next season. I'm not buying any of that. What I am buying Aaron Rodgers on his last leg of his career. He's looking damn good this season. He wants that first round bye. He wants the entire NFC playoff to go through Green Bay. That's what stopped him from getting to the Super Bowl last season. They had to make a quick pit stop into Santa Clara where the 49ers play or wherever the heck they play Santa Clarita uh, wherever if that's even real Um, (laughs) um, uh, but anyway we like the Packers minus five and a half and I think this is kind of the best bet of the week so far that we've seen I will swallow the five and a half I would swallow probably nine and a half for that 10 point hook Alrighty, Texans Titans we predicted this game at Titans minus five and it's Titans minus seven and a half I understand it folks this Texans team they are turning the ball over wildly wildly like you can't trust the offense to one sliver of how much they're turning the ball over they're turning the ball over so much that they're getting bailed out by recovering their own turnovers and still having lost turnovers on the like spreadsheet on the um on the stat line so they're turning it over multiple times even more than you're seeing even more than you're seeing and that you think they're turning it over more than that so this titans team just got embarrassed on tv expect them to step up a little bit they're in a dome so they don't have to worry about the elements so expect derrick henry to get going even quicker or even better or even at all than compared to last week titans once again trying to secure a playoff spot here Now, the only red flag I'm going to put up in this game is that these are division rivals and the Texans would love nothing more than sending a division rival home for the playoffs. So, maybe stay away from the 7.5. It is a little high, even though I think the Titans should just kind of absolutely destroy Mike Vrabel. If there's any head coach that I trusted 100%, it would probably, probably be Brian Flores and Mike Vrabel. I think I may even trust Mike Vrabel a little bit more than Brian Flores because I've, I've seen a little questionable calls in-game situations with uh, Brian Flores this season. So maybe I trust Brian Flores 99%, but I think I trust Mike Vrabel 100%, which is kind of crazy. So Titans, I do like them to win. 7.5 should be good. 7.5, half that half point could probably kill you. Um, so, Yeah. <laughs> well, let's move on. Here we go. Jaguars and Colts. We predicted this line at Colts minus 10, Colts minus 14. The Jags are tanking, but uh, Phillip Rivers, I don't even trust Philip Rivers with uh, kind of getting 14 points, even with uh, the Jags tanking. That's how much I don't trust Philip Rivers. I wouldn't swallow 14 points against a tanking Jaguars team. Um, but yeah, the Colts are gonna win. I mean, kind of hands down, they'll win. Um, the running game will win. I'm I'm sure. Um, I'm Frank Reich is trying to take the ball out of uh, Philip Rivers' hands as much as he can this week. Probably treating him like a Mitch Trubisky, because I can guarantee you that Mitch Trubisky will not throw more than 21 passes against this Packers team. Matt Nagy will keep the ball out of his hands, and I think. Uh, Frank Reich keeps the ball out of Philip Rivers' hands here as well. So, I'm going to stay away from it. I'm not swallowing 14 points with the Colts. So I would never do that. <laughs> I would never do that. Um, all right. Let's keep going here. Saints-Panthers. We predicted this line at Saints minus 1.5, and it's Saints minus 6.5. Um, once again, we – oh, no, no, no. That was Giants. What did we predict this one at? We said um, – Saints minus four. That's what we said. We said Saints minus four and Saints minus six and a half. I knew that didn't sound right to me. I was like, I don't think I would have ever said that. Saints minus one. Uh, So here you are. Saints minus four is what we predicted. It's Saints minus six and a half. Drew Brees. They're trying to. They can still wrap up the number one seed, as we said. So they're going to be fighting for that. No Mike Williams for the Panthers, and he's really kind of help. He's not a great runner, but he's averaging at, like I said, about fifty to sixty-five yards a game, and that definitely helps the offense a little bit. Not as impactful as like a Delvin Cook or a Derrick Henry, but Teddy Bridgewater doesn't need all that help. Um, so the Panthers offense still be should still be pretty decent. Winning culture. That's the most important thing Matt Rule is focusing on. They've already really done it this season. Closing out with the win would be huge for them. Saints, closing out with the win absolutely would be huge for them as well. They could still get that number one seed. So the 6.5 here, it's looking a little good for the Saints to get under that 7-point hook. But I think if this ever gets above like 7, 7.5, I think then we switch over to the Panthers. Because I do think that they can still keep this game close. Especially the way that uh, Drew Brees played last week. I didn't like it. I didn't like the way that that man was slinging the ball. Um, two interceptions. couple. I think another one that was dropped. So, not buying too much into Drew Brees. I really think if Taysom Hill plays this game, then I'll take whatever the Saints are minus. But uh, if Drew Brees is playing, and if this line ever gets above 7.5, I'll take the Panthers plus that. Alrighty, Cardinals-Rams. We predicted this line at Rams minus 3, and it's Rams. Pl- whoa! 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 Rams plus three and a half. Folks, folks, don't let me do this. Best bet of the week, folks. I'm telling y'all. This is the best bet of the week, folks. Rams plus three and a half over that three hook. I get Jared Goff's not playing and I get Cooper Cup's not playing. But this Rams offense isn't that great either. And I am kind of excited to see kind of a little bit of a shakeup at quarterback. Now that we can finally decide, is it Jared Goff that's holding back this offense? Or is it Sean McVay with the play calling? We'll know this week. And I can't trust Kyler Murray. He's not going to be 100%. So he's going to be uncomfortable in the pocket. And you've got Aaron Donald just barreling down on you. That's not a good look for the Cardinals. Now we know the Cardinals struggle because they only can score with the DeAndre Hopkins, who do you think is going to be on DeAndre Hopkins? Jalen Ramsey for the Rams. So I think he neutralizes the only scoring threat of the Cardinals. Kyler Murray's a little banged up and I'll trust this Rams defense over the Cardinals offense. I think this is tremendous value. Rams at home, A+. Plus. Trying to fight for that playoffs. Once again, A+. plus. I get the Cardinals are fighting for the playoffs too. I get that. But Kyler Murray, not looking good last week. He's banged up this week. This Rams defense is better than the 49ers defense was. And I get three and a half. I'll take that. I think this is going to be a kind of a low scoring game. The Rams are just going to try and control the ball and control the clock and run the ball over and over and over and over again. And I get three and a half with that. Over the three hook? Give me that all day best bet of the week, folks. Rams plus three. Give it to me. Give it to me, baby. Love it. Rams plus. Oh, I love it. I did not think it was going to be like that. We said Rams minus three. I'm not trusting Kyler Murray this week. That's what that's what it's coming down to. Rams plus three and a half. That's, this Cardinals team is is an average team, folks. It's an average team. They're an eight and eight team. That's what they are. Rams plus three. God, I love that. Woof. There it is. We just won this week, folks. There it is. All right, let's finish off these last four games. Here we go. Seahawks and 49ers. We predicted this game at Seahawks minus 3.5. Seahawks minus 6.5. A, a little bit larger than we thought. But um, the Seahawks defense should take care of the 49ers offense. The, really, the only reason that the 49ers had great success offensively last week was because they got a great contribution from the run game that really just helped out C.J. Beathard. Do I think C.J. Beathard overall is better than Nick Mullins? Yeah, it's because Nick Mullins is turning the ball over. So, C.J. Beathard didn't do that last week, which is kind of impressive to me. But once again, kind of helped out by the running game. Um, Yeah, I I think it's safe to swallow the 6.5 with Seattle. Um, The defense, it's getting right on par. And we saw the Seahawks' offense start to get a little bit back on track. Not too much, but a little bit back on track the second half against the Rams last week. So, with all that being said, I've got no problem swallowing the uh, 6.5 for the Seahawks. Chargers-Chiefs, we predicted this game at Chiefs minus one, and it's going to be Chiefs plus three and a half. Okay, so we kind of get a bit of more clear understanding of actually who's going to be playing for the Chiefs. We know Patrick Mahomes is not going to play, but now with this spread being the way it is, that the Chiefs are actually getting points, I would say probably another reliable piece either offensively or defensively, at least one, is probably not going to play either. Um and I still think I like the Chiefs plus the points here, folks. And I can't. The Chargers, yes, they've won like three straight, but it's still kind of a coin flip game. I mean, this Chargers team literally could have been what do we got? Like probably 12 and 4, or like 4 and 12. Like kind of well, they got six wins now, but this is this is how close these Chargers games have been, even in the games that they win, and even in the games they lose, they could be 12 and 4 just like that, or they could be 4 and 12 just like that. So I still can't trust the Chargers against a good team, against a bad team against backups against starters still can't trust them so I still think I like Chiefs plus three here but let's get a clearer picture of actually who's all in for the Chiefs even without like if it was just Patrick Mahomes give me the Chiefs plus three and a half all day I'll trust Chad Henney I don't I don't know Patrick Mahomes is like the life and the life and the spirit of the uh, the Chiefs offense but they still got weapons folks okay so I think Chad Henny could definitely just be a solid uh solid game manager Alright, last two games. Here we go Raiders Broncos. We predicted this game at Broncos minus one and a half and it's Broncos plus three and that folks that 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 I love it. Love it. Love it. Let's do it again. Best bet of the week folks. Truly best bet, or second best bet of the week if you want, but um, I can't, I'm not going to trust the Raiders on the road, especially if Derek Carr plays, I think it's bad, Um, John Gruden, I'm not sure how he's going to kind of get his team ready to go from LA to Denver last week of the season when nothing matters, when they literally just blew the worst lead that they've ever had blown, this is worse than, you know, this Cowboys-Atlanta game that happened in week three, that was worse than this folks, so. Broncos plus the three. Drew Locke knows he has a lot to prove this week. If he wants to be on this Broncos roster come next season, if he still wants to be the guy in Denver, he needs to have a good uh, good game here. And uh, I'll take the home team on the elements, in the elements, at home. I'll take the three. And then the last game, Washington and Eagles. And we predicted this game at... Washington minus three and it's going to be Washington minus two and a half so exactly right on par there and we still like the Washington minus two and a half I would like them all the way up to probably minus four and a half under that five hook I like Washington straight up here I think they win I think they win the division not because of the offense even though I think Tim Heineke should be starting instead of Alex Smith but because of this Washington defense against Jalen Hurts he hasn't looked good in the fourth quarter he's not putting up any points in the fourth quarter which is never a good sign this Washington team holds Holds teams to not a lot of points in the second half. They may give up, you know, 20 points in the first half. They have done that before, but then they come right back and hold you to like three or no points in the second half. So love this Washington defense. They just need a little bit good quarterback. Alex Smith has been out for a couple weeks. Tim Heineke stepped up last week for Washington, unfortunately, a little bit too late, but that's not his fault because Dwayne Haskins was not doing anything all game and turning the ball over. So Washington minus two and a half like that as well. Alrighty, that is going to do it for us today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. We'll be back tomorrow with our official picks on week seventeen. And we have our playoff machine as well. So join us for that on twitch.tv slash takes by fans live at noon eastern. Alrighty. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you tomorrow, folks.